I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunners. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot, going hot, there is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk about all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Hey everybody, this is Toby Leary. I'm your host of Rapid Fire here on WXTK 95.1. I'm co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and we are so excited you're joining us here. And if you want to be a part of the discussion when we are recording the show, we urge you to go to our website, capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, so that you can be alerted when we are going to be live on the air and you can be a part of the discussion. Of course, the day questions of the day is how are you doing for ammo? How are you doing for uh, guns and whatnot? And 365s and 365XLs, you know, the SIG product. And both of those are, are you know, not in stock. And when we do get them in stock, they go pretty quick. So what I would highly suggest you do if you want one of those guns is to call in and special order it and we'll get you on the special order list. We do get them in pretty re regularly and what happens is when we get a batch in and those who've special ordered them, they get the call first and whatever's left over goes in the case. So if you definitely want one, by all means, give us a call, do a special order and that goes for any gun that we don't have in stock. So uh, we would highly recommend you just call in and get one on special order. So. As far as the ammo situation is concerned, it is still a bleak situation. So um, we wish that there was more available out there, but no matter how fast it comes in, it goes right back out as fast as possible. So, and we're kind of throttling the, you know, the masses, if you will, by limiting how many, how much ammo you can actually buy. You know, last week alone, we went through a hundred thousand rounds of nine millimeter in probably four days. It just it went really quick, four or five days, and we squirrel a couple boxes aside for those who are buying new guns so that when you buy a gun, you'll be able to leave with a box or two, and that, that'll um, you'll have something to try it out with. And so there's that, but if, uh, you know, as it comes in, we'll let, we let members know first, so we send out an email when we get it, and anyway... Uh, Bill is saying he already got his recalled 9mm uh, Smith & Wesson EZ back from Smith & Wesson, which is good. So for those of you who don't know, Smith & Wesson had a recall on their EZ shield. And I want to talk about this a little, so I'm glad you mentioned it, Bill, because I saw a lot of people, even some of my staff, who has really uh, recommended this gun a lot, and they were very disappointed that... Smith had a recall, but I want to tell you that Smith handled this better than most people do. It's a really, really good way of dealing with it. So they voluntarily recalled the gun, number one, as soon as they saw a problem. So they isolated the problem down to a certain uh, serial number range, and then they immediately did a voluntary recall. That's how you handle problems. 
Uh, people are really good about, I mean, companies that, that do that are, are really good. So that's awesome. And that's how you deal with it. You don't wait till somebody gets hurt or you wait till a lawsuit or you wait till critical mass and there's been too many people, um, you know, that have brought it up to your attention or some YouTuber discovers it and is blasting you, uh, you know, and I'm sure there's manufacturers out there that would know who I'm talking about. And if you can read between the lines, you'll know as well. But the bottom line is Smith & Wesson handled it very well. And Bill is saying he already received his voluntarily recalled 9mm EZ back. So that's good. They're turning it around really fast. So that my hat's off to Smith & Wesson for that, uh, handling that properly and taking care of it and making sure nobody got hurt. So anyway, that's... Uh, that's great. Um, we have a lot of questions about uh, certain guns. One uh, Christian's wondering if we've ever seen a Caltech RDB in mass or sold one at the shop. And yes, we have sold lots of those guns, and that is a phenomenal uh, gun. It's a modern sporting rifle that takes AR mags, and it's a great way to get a good modern sporting rifle um, that shoots 5.56 and takes AR mags for sale here in Massachusetts. For those of you who don't know, if you're a new gun owner in Massachusetts, I see a lot of people coming in every day, taking a class and, and applying to get their license to carry. So some of you might not even know that it's illegal for us as dealers to sell AR-15s. It's also illegal for us to sell a bunch of other guns like the um, FNFAL for the uh, uh, the Steyr AUG, the Uzis, the Galils, so there's a bunch of different guns, AK-47s. So these are really popular modern sporting rifles for defensive purposes. And because we can't sell them, you look to alternatives that you can still buy and functionally do basically the same exact thing, uh, but they're not considered an AR-15 or a Galil or a Uzi or whatever. So Keltec RDB is a great gun that fits into that, you know, basically exemption if you will and it's a good gun for defensive purposes it's got a very short overall length and uh so yeah it's a it's a phenomenal gun for defensive purposes the tavor x95 is another one it's a bullpup uh design that takes a ar-15 mag and that's a good gun for a sale in massachusetts uh, some of the other questions i get all the time is what other guns can you get besides an ar that kind of check that box of a modern sporting rifle that takes detachable mag 556 or 223 and even better when it takes a AR15 mag and it just so happens this week we got a big shipment of Robinson Armament XCRL rifles which also take an AR15 mag they are in two or three different configurations with a full length handguard a short handguard a heavy barrel a light barrel but they take AR magazines so that's a great way to go and um, so I would highly recommend you guys look into those. The Sig Sauer MCX is an also also a great alternative to the AR-15, very much uh, like an AR-15 as far as the controls and the ergonomics and the weight and the size and how it functions is different than an AR, so therefore we can sell it. But those are very difficult to get and come by. Uh, Jeff's wondering how much those Robinson arms are and i think there's a couple of con different models but basically they're uh 23.49 uh so they're not cheap they're not as cheap as like a 
SIG MCX or a, or a Caltech RDB, but then again, it takes um, detachable AR mags, and they are a solid rifle, and they're very modular too. So you can change caliber in those. You can change to 300 Blackout, 762 by 39, 6.5 Grendel, 224 Valkyrie. Um, so they're very versatile guns. Caliber exchanges are easy to do on those. So it's a really nice gun. It's a great platform and uh, awesome company as well. We've been doing a lot with Robinson Arms. And I just got a range gun. So make sure you come check it out at the range and try it out. You can always try before you buy. So pretty neat gun. So let's give it a whirl. The Robinson Armament XCR. So Tavor X95, um, the PTR93 uh, is a great gun as well when you can find them. It's like the G3 or the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the 93, like the HK93. So that's a really hard one to come by. I haven't had too many of those in the last, uh, you know, few months. But Set Me L is another good gun that uh, takes the HK93 mags as well. So anyway, uh, got some good stuff in, in stock for you. And we got plenty more to talk about, so we'll get to that on the other side of the break. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, I need presents for my husband. Come to Cape Gunworks. Their super staff know what men need. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks and slay this holiday season with savings. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. All right, welcome back from that wonderful word from our sponsor, Cape Gunworks, for hosting this show here at Rapid Fire on WXDK. Join us every week from 7 to 8, and make sure you be a part of the discussion by going to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire so you can talk and chat with us as we're recording the show and get your questions answered. Um we talked earlier before the show started uh, with some of those on the live stream about uh, red dots on pistols. People are uh, asking what my thoughts are on a red dot on the pistols. And uh, I have one. I have a SIG 365XL with a Romeo Zero red dot sight on it. And uh, yeah, Holosun and Crimson Trace and Shield RMS. There's a bunch of good red dot sights out there. Um, of course, SIG and Vortex make great red dot sights. Um, so there's lots of different options for them. But they all kind of have one thing in common. And that is that if you're going to use it, you need to acquire it a little bit quicker uh, than once you re reach full extension. So you need to get the gun up 
in your line of sight on the way out a little bit sooner than you do with iron sights. So um, for that reason, I'm not very efficient at it yet. And uh, I would probably want to take uh, I would want to take a nice red dot class, you know, and, and get some reps in with someone who's got a lot of reps downrange with how to acquire that red dot site before I committed to carrying it uh, every day. So I'm still using old fashioned iron sights. And I really teach and recommend that people learn how to ride the bike without the training wheels, so to speak. And what that means is learn how to drive your gun out in and parallel with your line of sight, kinesthetically aligned to the target, um, and keep both eyes open, focus on the threat at the most um, likely distances that you would find yourself in a gunfight. The one thing that's everyone can agree on is 95% of all gunfights occur between 9 and 21 feet. So therefore, you should learn to shoot your gun very efficiently from 9 to 21 feet. So that's where you should spend 90 to 95% of your defensive firearms training, that distance. And what you can do in that distance is realize that once you learn to kind of ride the bike without the training wheels, and you can interact with the pistol very well because you have good grip and you have good stance and you uh, are kinesthetically aligned with the gun, you don't need your sights at those most likely distances to hit a chest-sized target in a multiple-shot string of fire. So because you don't need your sights, it speeds you up in your ability to get rounds on target quicker than if you have to find your sights. Not to mention the fact that if you're under stress uh, and you have a bad guy with a gun in front of you or a bad guy with a weapon in front of you, your brain is not going to be focusing on the front sight. It's going to say, holy smokes, bad guy with a gun. You know, uh, you got to defend yourself. So you're going to be riveted on whatever the weapon is or the guy in front of you that's threatening to cause bodily harm. So with that all being said, I want to make it so I have as much advantage as possible over the the bad guy trying to threaten me or cause me harm and therefore I want to be able to drive the gun out and shoot unsighted what we call kinesthetically aligned unsighted fire so that's um that's what you want to do and uh so a red dot would just slow you down in that situation red dots are great for distance and when the target is smaller and dis you know distance and accuracy but it doesn't speed things up for you at the most likely distances you'd need to shoot your gun. But maybe for a hostage situation or a real small, you know, sight, uh, you know, target size, you, you the red dot would really come in handy there. And Eric's chiming in, will red dots overcome my poor trigger discipline? <laughs> no, it will not, Eric. They do not solve that problem. That is something you're going to have to overcome yourself. And uh, he does have a smiley face. I know he's saying this tongue-in-cheek. And Eric is one of our uh, instructors here at Cape Gunworks. Just has to get up, get in on the conversation. So uh, I appreciate that comment, though. And you know that brings up a good point that um, even if you're using sights or using your red dot, if you don't have good trigger press, you're not going to be able to shoot well. So you got to make sure that uh, you know you you have the basic fundamentals of grip stance and trigger press 
all working in concert together uh, in order to hit what you're aiming at, whether you're aiming kinesthetically aligned or with sights. So I try to get my students to learn how to shoot their gun with both eyes open, focus on the target, and uh, we we call that a balance of speed and precision. So what you're really trying to do is uh, hit the target with as many shots as it takes to end the threat in the shortest amount of time. So you got to start to recognize what your skill level is, what your confidence is, what your ability is, and whatnot, so that you can get those rounds on target in the shortest amount of time. Because we don't want you shooting recklessly, and uh, you're going to have to learn how to recognize how fast you can shoot for the size of the target. So anyway, we could go down a long rabbit hole on that. But someone's asking, are we able to get the 7.7 Jap rounds? And it just so happens that we have them in stock. I was able to get the 6.6 and the 7.7 Japanese rounds just recently. So we have those in stock if you need some. Uh, come on down and, and see us. So uh, that was one of the little silver rays, uh, you know, rays of sunshine in this dark, stormy ammo shortage. <laughs> um, a lot going on. Uh, the Electoral co College voted this week to uh, make it, um, you know, to officially crown Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. And um, whether you voted for him or not isn't really why I bring that up. Why I bring it up is his gun control agenda is one of his first orders of business should he be confirmed. And there is still some, you know, legal challenges hanging out there. And we'll see what ends up happening with those. But um, it looks like every day that goes by, he's he's uh, going to be the one, uh, you know, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And with the prospect of what he, his gun control agenda is, that is a scary situation for the Second Amendment community and gun owners of America because uh, what he is pledged to do is use executive order to ban guns or implement his, uh, his um, gun control agenda, which I got to say is partly President Trump's fault. If you think about what happened with the uh, bump stock ban? Uh, President Trump banned bump stocks through uh, a three-letter agency and rewriting regulations. He did it properly through, uh, you know, public hearing and you know a lot of investigation. But really, uh, any advocate of the Second Amendment should have never gone down that road and basically set a precedent where banning guns can be or objects of guns is as easy as an executive order it should always be an act of congress to overturn our second amendment frankly because uh which they wouldn't get very far if they did that because we we all agree uh for the most part there's obviously um fractions of the gun owning community that doesn't entirely believe that gun control is an uh infringement on our Second Amendment rights, but I don't see how you could look at it any other way. So, you know, any type of restriction on the Second Amendment is, in fact, a, an infringement upon it. And the Second Amendment, uh, 
clearly states that it shall not be infringed. So uh, we have a lot of work to do to fight that coming up, and I'm sure this is going to lead to record gun sales and ammo sales in the next few weeks for sure. So that's going to, you know, be in the forefront. Uh, so stay tuned for what how that all plays out. We'll talk about this on the other side. More after this. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lee. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire, and feel free to uh, jump on the show here when, whenever we're recording it, and you want to be alerted, so you got to like and subscribe on YouTube or Facebook, but you can go to our website at capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire, and you'll see all the links right there, and make sure that you are a part of the conversation. So... We're looking forward to your feedback and your questions every week, and we want to make sure we get to as many of them as we can. So right before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, the pending or looming gun control through executive order. And I don't know how far that'll actually go, and hopefully it'll be challenged legally in the court system. But never have we faced such an overt threat to our constitutionally um granted or you know second amendment rights here uh by the by the bill of rights so uh it's more important than ever to support all the agencies that are doing some great work to fight this type of thing like firearms policy coalition gun owners action league gunner gun owners of america um second amendment foundation there's lots of different uh groups even here in massachusetts we have com 2a Again, Gun Owners Action League. If you're not a member of Goal in Massachusetts, we would really appreciate uh, if, if you guys would join Goal and go ahead and uh, you know support these these companies that are really putting the the dollars and the lawyers in the and the boots on the ground to fight for the rights um, to be preserved in our country for the next generations to come. So it's a 
it's like kicking the ball up the hill. It rolls right back down onto you every time a new administration or a new politician gets in. And uh, it's a it's like shoveling against the tide. It's not uh, anything that we're going to have to one day just sit back and go, ah, oh, glad that's taken care of. Even after landmark uh, cases like uh, McDonald versus Heller in, um, you know, D.C., where it was pretty clear cut that, um, you know, you have a right to defend yourself, a right to keep and bear arms is an individual right. And it was upheld again. And uh, that was one of the most landmark cases to come out in the last 20 years. And even after that, you know, people are still fighting it and lower courts are still trying to say, well, that didn't really mean this. But yeah, it did read the case. And uh, the other part of that is it talks about weapons that are common and ordinary. So this is something that the people get to decide, not what the government gets to mandate. So because the people get to decide what is common and ordinary and popular and what they want to own, they the government has no right to restrict us from that. But yet here we are in Massachusetts where um, the most popular rifle in America, the AR-15, is something that we can't sell in its free state version, which is a detachable magazine. It has a flash hider it has a collapsible stock or it has a um you know threaded barrel or something like that in that configuration we can't sell it or even own it if it's made after 94 here in massachusetts unless you're a law enforcement agent in which case if you read the attorney general's comments on that it says your rights are still intact but for all the rest of us peons and serfs our rights are obviously not still intact here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and we get to live as second-class citizens. So if that doesn't get you mad or doesn't get you riled up a little at all, it should. But, you know, some people have written off the fact that they uh, want to ban those guns for private civilian ownership, and it's kind of the, it's okay for me but not for thee mentality which we're seeing a lot of in government right now. We see a lot of politicians saying you can't go out to eat, but then they can go out and have a nice private party with their friends. You can't travel, and then all of a sudden they're down in Mexico. You can't, you know, go out after 10 o'clock at night, and lo and behold, that's what they're doing. So because we're, um, we're seeing this from, you know, uh, it's just so commonplace now with our politicians and our government officials and frankly they're tyrants you know it's they want a dual uh dual set of laws one for them and one for us they want um you know a two-tiered justice system you got the hierarchy you got the gentry if you will and you got the peasantry so unfortunately that's where we're headed the way things are looking every uh every day it's it's more and more like that so Mr. Punisher from Cape Town, South Africa, how are you? Thanks for tuning in and listening in. Appreciate that. Um, so we have a question about a local application for license to carry. Uh, Davey's wondering if he can write for any lawful purposes for his license to carry, even if the town says they want more than that. And my recommendation is, yes, put for any lawful uh, purpose, but... Also, you might have to put for protection of life, you know, or for self-protection or uh, personal protection. Uh, 
because some towns do require a little bit more than just for any lawful purpose, which I don't know why you would need more information than for any lawful purpose, because that kind of covers all the bases. If it's for any lawful purpose, then it doesn't matter if you're target shooting or you're carrying, you know, for personal protection or you're going to and from the target range or you're hunting or it doesn't really matter because it's any lawful purpose. But unfortunately, that's not good enough anymore. So I would just put any lawful purpose and then say personal protection. But one thing you don't want to do is get pigeonholed into target hunting or target shooting or whatever. So, um, yeah, uh, the unsung hero says he lives in Middleborough and he believes our police chief is pretty pro-gun considering all the shots you hear out at the police range nearby. Yeah, I got to say one of the positive things of gun ownership in the last 20 or 25 years has been that most towns are have got better, not worse. I remember when I first got my license to carry, it was restricted. I grew up in Dennis. They did not give me it for any lawful purpose. It was restricted, and um, it was limited to target and hunting. And then, you know, when I renewed it in Barnstable, I got it for any lawful purpose. But now most towns are issuing it for any lawful purpose. So, uh yeah, Keith is saying the original language regarding ARs restricted police to use to being on duty, and then the MCOPA raised a stink, and the police were given an exception, and they can have them, including personal use. Peons like us cannot. So they're also, not only can they have ARs in their free state configuration with all the quote-unquote evil features, but they can also have high-capacity magazines and... Um, that is, uh, they're not subject to the assault weapons ban. So therefore, they can even have AR pistols. They can't buy one new from a licensed gun shop because it would be subject to the uh, to the approved firearms roster. But if they buy a stripped AR lower, they can then build them into an AR pistol and they can legally own them because they are not subject to the assault weapons ban like the rest of us uh, mere peasants. So... And, you know, some people say, well, uh, you know, the government should have superior firepower. And I say, why? I mean, that that is not what the original framers of the Constitution wanted. They wanted the the people, we the people, to have the same type of firepower as government and police agencies. Why? To keep tyranny in check. So exactly what we see happening wouldn't happen. And because we have you know, voted habitually to the people that want to continually take our guns and, you know, make our rights erode away at our rights, then, you know, we kind of are playing cards with the hand that we've been dealt, unfortunately. The good news is there are a lot of people fighting it. Uh, Cape Gunworks is included in that fight, and there's a lot of great uh, shops throughout the state that are also banding together in a lot of Groups like the United States, uh, the NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and uh, they fund a lot of these lawsuits. And Gun Owners of America, Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners Action League, Com2A, all of these guys need our money and our resources if we're going to 
have our rights preserved. So continue to send your money into these agencies and uh, these clubs and organizations and join them and, and support them. And that way we can hopefully knock back the tyranny that has ensued. We've had some gains and we have gained some ground, uh, especially in uh, the rest of the country. I remember when Vermont was the only constitutional carry state in the nation. And now I think we're up to 12 or 13 constitutional carry states. So that's good. We have made some headway. And uh, so let's, uh, let's continue to take back what is ours, frankly, which is our constitutionally provided Second Amendment rights, which shall not be infringed. So there you have it. All right. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I am Toby Leary, your host, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, I need presents for my husband. Come to Cape Gunworks. Their super staff know what men need. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks and slay this holiday season with savings. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Join us each week from 7 to 8 p.m. on 95.1 WXDK. And also be a part of the show on at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire so you get alerted when we're going to be live. So before the break, we were talking about a lot of the organizations that are fighting for our gun rights to be preserved here in America and also locally. And one of them is the National Shooting Sports Foundation. They are the kind of the backbone of the gun industry as far as retailers and wholesalers and ranges are concerned. We've been a, a full-fledged range member since we started, even three years before we got the range built. We were a, a range member, and uh, I really love this organization. They're also the ones that put on SHOT Show, which has been canceled this year, which makes me really worried for the health of that organization. I hope they have a quite a war chest because I know Shot Show brought in probably the big majority of the money to that industry, to that organization each year, other than just the dues that we we provide as gun stores and ranges and wholesalers and manufacturers. But they do a phenomenal job um, with what they do uh, for us, and they are co-sponsoring an event coming up in January f- here at Cape Gunworks called first shots and it is uh designed to get people who've never fired a gun to come in and and fire a gun for the first time so we will provide everything you need the gun the ammo the eye and ear protection uh 
and the NSSF is actually providing a lot of that, the ammo and the iron air protection. And they're also going to give you a $25 voucher to be used at our shop. And what we're going to do, if you're not licensed, we're going to give you, we're going to match that $25 voucher towards um, anything in the store once you get licensed and you can actually buy guns and ammo. Or you can turn around and use it in a class that evening. So you'll get your first shots on the range. And if you want, you can stay here if you travel from far you can take the class that night and get your certificate to apply for your license to carry your, your FID card that very day. You'll get the certificate that, that same day. Now, the live fire LTC class is normally $175 at Cape Gunworks, but you're, you're going to be able to take that class for $75 bucks, uh, with that voucher they're giving you. So we're actually knocking $100 bucks off, and the NSSF is you know providing $25 of that. But we're going to knock a whole hundred bucks off that class. You're going to get your first shots. And for those of you in towns that require live fire now, you'll be able to apply for your license to carry with that live fire LTC certificate. So it's going to be a phenomenal deal. If you know someone who's been thinking about getting their license, then I would highly recommend you look at our calendar. You sign up for the first shots. We only have two classes each day or two slots for the live fire uh, portion of the class and then so we're going to have basically 28 people that can do the first shots each day we're going to do this over martin luther king weekend so there's three days i think it's a saturday sunday monday and you'll have two opportunities each day to do the live fire portion and there's no cost or obligation if you want to just come shoot a gun if you never shot a gun you've always wanted to and uh, so do that. Get signed up on our website. Go to capegunworks.com. Click on calendar and look at that event uh, for Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Day. And that whole weekend, we're going to be doing this. We're teaming up with NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, for first shots. And they're really excited to be partnered with us. So, And we're really excited to do this. This is really cool. This is one of the reasons why we built the place that we did build was we want to train as many people as we can. We want to get as many people as we can to have that ex first experience of shooting a gun. And uh, so, yeah, check it out online. If you don't have an LTC and you're thinking, eh, maybe I should do it, or maybe my town requires live fire and I need to go to a live fire class, this is a great opportunity to save a 100 bucks and or just come shoot a gun and have fun and bring a bunch of friends and whatnot. So... Jim Kelly, our director of training, is going to be heading this up, spearheading it uh, with the NSSF. You're going to get a set of eye and ear protection and uh, that voucher for the class or for whatever else you want to use it in. Uh, it'll be a $25 voucher. You can use it in the store if you want to buy pepper spray or range bag or, you know, knife or T-shirt or hat, whatever else. And then or save it for when you get your license and you come back and put it towards your first firearms purchase, whatever you want to do. So there you have that. So some of the other stuff uh, that has been going on, I don't know if any of you saw in the Wall Street Journal that Polymer 80 or P80 is a manufacturer out in uh, Nevada that got raided by the ATF last week. This is also uh, kind of along the same lines as that uh, gun control through executive order that we were just talking about before the break. Um, we have a 
ATF, another agency that, you know, basically enforces regulations and laws, and they kind of arbitrarily apply the regulations to one group versus another group. And we saw this with Q, a little uh, manufacturer up in New Hampshire that makes the Honey Badger pistol. They were told that this gun is actually a short-barreled rifle, even though there's other major manufacturers that offer AR pistols with a pistol brace on them. And they were not given that same cease and desist order as Q was. So they're kind of picking on the smaller manufacturers, probably trying to make them have to spend money in a legal battle. And uh, so that's an unfortunate situation. But here we also see Polymer 80, which makes a phenomenal product. Um, they make a polymer lower, which is on the same idea as a Glock pistol. So for those of you who've always wanted Glock pistols here in Massachusetts, where uh, guns are highly restricted, and you can't just walk into a gun store and buy a Glock pistol, unless, of course, you're law enforcement, which, again, my hat's off to law enforcement. you got a horrible job. And uh, it's a thankless job. So we support law enforcement. We are Glock Blue Label dealers. And we give law enforcement a discount in the store. And we're not, you know, upset at you but per se, uh, you know, as far as the everyday patrolman. We're upset at the, the two-tier justice system. So if somebody, you know, regular civilian wants to come by a Glock, they can't because they are held to a different standard than law enforcement. Now, law enforcement has been using Glock pistols for decades. Why? Because they are safe and reliable guns. But back in 1998, Tom O'Reilly, our attorney general, said Glocks are inherently unsafe because they have a, they lack a loaded chamber indicator. And if you've bought one, you should turn it in immediately. And Glock actually stepped up to the plate and bought Anybody who wanted to turn them in, uh, their gun back at full retail price, even though they only got paid, you know, whatever their wholesale price was to the to the distributor. But they stepped up to the plate and paid the full retail. So people turned their gun in, which I don't know why I would I never would have done that. But I know gun stores were asking them to because they were staring down the barrel of a big fine from the attorney general's office for selling guns that. They should have not sold according to um, the fact that it lacked a loaded chamber indicator, which, again, is an attorney general regulation. It's not a state law, but therefore the Commonwealth of Mass regulation has some serious teeth to it if they can uh, impose a $10,000 fine or whatever arbitrary amount of money that they want to impose on you for selling that gun to someone who's not exempt from the attorney general's regulations. I know this is all clear as mud, and I'm kind of going through it in a very pedestrian manner for sake of time. But I said all that to say this, that um, these agencies are now enforcing these arbitrary restrictions on companies like Polymer 80, which they've never had a problem with because it's a hunk of plastic that can be machined into a lower that can then be built into a pistol. So if you have some sort of uh, Yankee ingenuity and, you know, you're somewhat handy and you can 
you know, drill and mill and kind of file, you can make this hunk of plastic into a functioning firearm, which is 100% legal to do. And then once it's all done and in this state, you would, uh, you'd have seven days to register the gun. But uh, in other states that don't have registration, they just have to maintain that gun until they sell it, which the, in which case they'd have to serialize it. But um, so now this agency has raided the ATF for their buy-build kits. So they put a slide in and a magazine in the kit and provided all the parts to kind of finish the gun out once you've milled and drilled and filed and, you know, got everything milled out. And now they're saying that's a firearm. So they've arbitrarily changed the definition of firearm and now seized records and they're going after polymerati and obviously conducting a big investigation so we'll talk about this on the other side uh i'm toby leary you're listening to rapid fire we'll be right back and now it's time for the adventures of cgw champion of second amendment rights CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. Alexander Hamilton said, Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary. I'm your host of Rapid Fire. And make sure you tune in weekly on WXTK at 7 p.m. from 7 to 8. And uh, go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, because you don't want to miss one of these live shows so we can answer your questions. Um, and before the break, we were talking about uh, the ATF raid on Paula Moretti. And also the scary part of that was they actually requested some of the end user records so people who bought them from straight from Paul Moretti uh, that information was turned over accordingly uh, via search warrant I believe and the ATF did in fact go ahead and knock on some doors so I uh, wanted to talk to the people who had bought them so which I think is crazy if, if you don't have a problem with them selling the strips lower for years the way the way it was and you got to mill it out it comes with a jig and the bits and everything now all of a sudden you put a slide and a barrel and a trigger group and a magazine in with the kit and you bundle it in a nice hard plastic case now all of a sudden it's a gun like how is that nothing else has been done to the hunk of plastic so and where does that stop if i take a hunk of aluminum and i put it in a box with a magazine, AR-15 upper, a stock, a buffer tube, a buffer, a trigger group, and I ship that out as the AR-15 starter kit, 
but it's big a, a big hunk of billet aluminum and somebody's going to have to pull down some specs online and you know know how to operate a bridge port and an end mill and a you know be able to mill and machine this this hunk of metal into an AR15 lower uh how is that making that a gun so that doesn't make any sense so where do you draw the line i mean none of those other parts are regulated by the ATF and just because they're included with a polymer 80 lower that is 80% and needs to be machined out and drilled out and manufactured by the end user. And that's the whole purpose of that anyway, whether it's sold with the slide or not. Um, you just got to go out and buy the slide or you can order it over the you know internet and it'll, it'll come to your door. It's not even something you got to pick up at the local gun store. So... Yeah, it's a slippery slope, and I'm afraid that we opened that door a little too wide when we asked the ATF to ban bump stocks and uh, arbitrarily change the definitions of machine gun and, you know, via the regulation process instead of through the legislative process. Um, I think that really opened that door, and now, you know, the fault is in ourselves for, you know, letting that happen not you and i personally but the second amendment community if you will and not holding trump's feet to the fire and saying no this is an absolute infringement on our second amendment but people were willing to throw this as a sacrifice to the gun control altar because we didn't want to enter into that discussion like oh this is just an accessory. It's not a gun. If I can keep my magazines and I can keep my AR-15, then, you know, throw them a bone. Throw the hunk of plastic that's a piece of crap and it's not even fun to shoot until, you know, after the first couple of go-arounds and giggling as you, you know, do a mag dump. But it's hard to aim and it's clunky and it's unreliable. Throw them a bone. Get them off our back and let's preserve the bigger rights. That was a lot of the gun communities. Uh, mindset towards bump stocks and why does anyone need a bump stock we're we're in dangerous territory if we're justifying why we need what we need we are not a needs-based society we are a freedom-based society nobody needs a car that can go 200 miles an hour but yet we sell them all the time right nobody needs a tesla that goes zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds or whatever it is but we sell them all the time, don't we? And the point isn't whether you need it or not. The point is freedom. And we have the Second Amendment for a reason. And as soon as we start explaining or justifying, we're losing. If you're explaining, you're losing. So it's better to say, actually, you know what? I don't support any infringements on the Second Amendment, period. And, you know, frankly... I think that, uh, you know, our rights have been taken away and we should fight to restore them. So anyway, I'll get off that hobby horse for a minute. Uh, but that is something that was very disheartening to see this whole Polymer 80 raid uh, by the ATF, especially coming into January 20th. And, uh, you know, with all the threats of legislation and, uh, you know, executive order of gun control, including mandatory mandatory buybacks and 
uh, confiscation. So that is some shaky, shaky ground. And we've never seen it so overtly, uh, you know, talked about in any campaign session like we did this whole uh, election cycle. So what do I think is better, the Robinson Arms XCRL or a SCAR 17S? Well, I think you'd want to compare the Robinson Arms XCRM to the SCAR 17S because the LC, the XCRL is the AR-15 type magazine platform where the SCAR 17 is a 308 or 65 Grendel. I'm sorry, 65 Creedmoor. So I would compare the XCRM to the SCAR 17. That's a better comparison. And what do I think is better? Um, I don't know. They both have their pluses and minuses. I like how modular the XCR is. And I also like that it doesn't have a reciprocating bolt like the SCAR does. Um, it has a aluminum lower where the SCAR has a polymer lower. But I don't think that matters too, too much. Uh, it might even add a little weight. Um, but I do like the full-length handguard on the Robinson Arms XCRM competition model, which has a full-length handguard. So I I don't know. I like the price of the XCRM. It's about $1,000 cheaper than the uh, SCAR 17S. So I would probably I would probably go with the XCRM uh, just for the sake of uh, cheaper and a little bit more versatile platform. Um, better, I think, flip a coin. They're both going to be real good, uh, very stout rifles. But I would probably edge out the SCAR because of price with the XCRM and the flexibility of it. And I really like the non-reciprocating charging handle. That's my only, that's my biggest complaint with SCAR is I think they should try to figure out how to make that reciprocating handle non-reciprocating. So there you have that. Um, thank you, Christopher, saying my patri patriotism is very important. And I, I agree. Um, so especially in a time when so many things are divided. Um, what is the AR-15 then the M4? Uh, I'm not sure I understand, Avery. What is the AR-15 Peter then the M4? I can't. I think you have a typo there, and I'm not tracking with you, so <laughs> I apologize. Someone else says, can I suggest how to get started in hunting? I've never hunted in my life, but would love to try. Yeah, Stephen, so I would highly recommend you find a friend that knows how to hunt and is willing to take you. That's the best bet um, because, frankly, hunting is a wonderful way of life. I've been hunting since I was about 18 years old, and I love it. And I love taking people hunting, too. So um, I would highly suggest you uh, try to find a kind of a mentor, somebody, maybe an older person who hunts and would take you and then get signed up for a uh, hunter safety course. In this state, you have to take a hunter safety course like most states. Uh, so I would recommend you get in on a hunter safety course and then uh, you can start getting involved. Um, once you get the hunter safety course, you can apply for your hunting license and there's lots of different ways to hunt. You can duck hunt, you can bird hunt, you can deer hunt, turkey, raccoon, you know, varmint, uh, coyote. There's lots of different types of hunting. Um, for me, I like hunting stuff that's going to put food on my table. So 
I kind of stick to duck and goose and birds like pheasant, quail, and uh, grouse. And then I also like to hunt turkey and deer. So I will shoot coyotes if they're in the area because I know how much of a toll they take on the deer population. But um, that's uh, something I would highly recommend. So let me see if I can get back to this question before we go. Uh, what is is the AR-15 better than the M4? They're basically the same. M4 is just the configuration of the AR-15. It's basically the, the military platform, uh, which has a collapsible stock, a 14 and a half inch barrel, and a carbine-length gas system. I like AR-15s with either a mid-length or a rifle-length gas system, or a piston-driven AR-15, because they are a little less recoil than the carbine-length. So I would say, you get an AR-15 with a mid-length gas system, it's a little better than the carbine length of the M4, Avery. So hopefully that helps. And guys, it was another fast hour here on Rapid Fire as usual. Uh, we could easily make two or three hours of this show. Someday we might. We'll see how it goes. But as of right now, I appreciate you guys tuning in from week to week. And uh, help us get the word out. We have some nice new sponsors of the show coming on. Hopefully by next week, you'll hear them. And uh, we'll give my tired voice a break in between on the breaks. So, um, But I appreciate everybody coming in. Make sure you come to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire and like and subscribe and share and spread the word. I'm Toby Leary. I'm your host. And this is Rapid Fire. Tune in next week. Thanks so much.